0: Welcome to uh, a pre-Christmas podcast with a little bit of a difference. I don't have Richard with me today, but I'm delighted to have sitting opposite me, David Thomas. Tomo, welcome. Great to be back. Welcome back to the podcast. Nice
1: to see you, Guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, We we come to you after a great performance last Saturday, which I didn't see. So uh, Dave's going to fill me in on all of that. We go ahead of a trip to Tombridge Angels in the FA Trophy. It wouldn't be Christmas without angels, would it? (laughs) But before all that, um, interesting the uh, lengths that uh, people are going to now with COVID. I hope that um, our listeners and families are well, by the way. But uh, we're all lateral flow tested before the Talkie United press conference. So is everybody at Talkie United. Uh, We're all masked up for the Talkie United press conference, which is why we may sound a little bit muffled in a minute. And we're all outdoors today, which is why there's traffic going by. But this is, I mean, this is as it has to be, isn't it?
1: And uh, looking ahead, I think we're all a little bit concerned and worried about how this might Mm. develop over the next few weeks. Let's hope it's weeks rather than months. Um, Mainly because we've all been looking at what's happening in the Premier League at the moment. Some games off, some games on. Who's making? You know, what are the rules? What are the guidelines? How many players do you have to have out before you can call a game off? Etc. 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 Strange times, um, aren't they? And also, j- just in passing, and we'll get on to more important stuff in a minute. I noticed the attendance of Crystal Palace and Brighton last uh, on um, Wednesday night. Yeah, twenty-two thousand. It's down, now, isn't it? That, yeah. That, that, that isn't that isn't Selhurst Park. Selhurst Park is nearly always absolutely full. It was Brighton as well. Yeah, which is the big rivalry. The big rivalry. Were there a few people who, for one reason or another, stayed away last night?
0: Probably. Um, hmm. Interesting times. But uh, Torquay fans can be uh, reassured that Torquay United are operating a very strict bubble at the moment. um, And long may that continue. We're happy with that so let's uh, we were asked this morning weren't we not only had we taken uh, lateral flow
1: tests but what were the results yeah as, and to as, prove if, it. as if to say <laughs> yes. as, if, as, as if one of us would have been positive and turned up for the for the I test i don't think for the uh, press conference i don't think
0: so but it's all good so um yeah. let's go uh, let's go inside the bubble and have a listen to what gary has to say today and we'll be back on the other side of gary johnson
2: Yeah, for a couple of weeks ago, um, you were talking about uh, hoping for an upturn in form from your team. You've had a win away from home at Weymouth and a fantastic result against Stockport on Saturday. It just shows how quickly things can turn around, doesn't it?
3: Exactly. and uh, you know If you keep keep the faith in the players that you know that have got it, then eventually, and you hope sooner rather than later, their form comes out. And then once the, f- the good form comes out and you get a couple of results, then the confidence, lads... You know, get more confident in themselves, in their mates, in the team, in the whole team, in the tactics, all that sort of thing. And uh, it's
2: nice always to go into the next game with full of confidence and uh, happy. What's the mood been like in the camp? I'm sure that it's it's always it's always upbeat anyway, um, being the way that you are, Gaffer. But uh, what's it been like following two wins? It's been it's always it's always good because nobody, you
3: know, when when you're losing, they feel that sometimes that you mustn't smile or you mustn't look like you're enjoying after enjoying the training or enjoying after a defeat but uh, no we've got a good group of lads, some good characters, good personalities and they, they they've got the right level of uh, personality when we win and when we lose You know, I've, I've never had to pull somebody for being uh, frivolous after we've lost or, you know, uh, and but of course it's always better when when you've won a game and, and everything's a lot more relaxed and etc. But when it gets to this stage of the week, later on late on in the week with another important game to go, then the main thing is that they concentrate on what we've given them, uh, whether it be tactics, set plays, uh,
2: opposition strengths and weaknesses, whatever it is, they got to concentrate around about this time. You've been saying all season, Gaffer, that these players are good enough. They just weren't showing it for one reason or another. It must be nice to see that your faith is, is, is paying off now. Dan Martin, who's one of these players that's been joined in the summer, was excellent on Saturday. Wasn't yeah, he? I mean, I, I read somewhere that uh, you know, some some people, or it might even be one
3: person, felt that uh, you know it was a bad summer group of signings. Well, you know, there's there's a few of them that we've seen now why we signed them. And, um, you sign them sometimes for the, for the future um, and, uh, and some of them have, have, have come good they've all shown uh, an ability um, now they got to have the opportunity and show and it's the chicken or the egg which way round is that but um, they're, you know, they're, they're going to be regular first team players and uh, some of them have, have done that uh, over
2: the last few weeks and uh, I'm really pleased they have and of course it was an older head that actually ended up scoring the winner on Saturday. It Must be nice to actually see a penalty put away because penalties haven't recently been our friend,
3: isn't they? No, that's right. I think Acer was one of those many that missed the penalty previously. So um, I think we had uh, we had Mox down as uh, maybe the penalty taker, but I think he got a, a little knock as it were, you know, from the actual he created the penalty. Uh, but Acer tucked it away really nice and uh, it was a good good drive. And if you hit the ball that well. Keep's got to be very quick to get across, across there, so low and, you know, and so wide, and it was a yeah, it was a good penalty. But uh, if Tunbridge are watching this, uh, he's definitely
2: going to put it the other side this time. <laughs> so you've mentioned Tunbridge. Uh, change of competition, of course, on Saturday in the FA Trophy, a competition, of course, that you've won before. Where does the FA Trophy rank in your um, in your priorities throughout the season? I think you've got to. I've said it, haven't I, a million times? But
3: it's it's always the next game that's the most important, and you have to concentrate on. And um, the trophy is important because a, we want the game's important because we want to keep our momentum. Um, B, when you get to the later rounds of the trophy, and especially the final, it can be a great day and a great coup for the club late in the season sort of thing. You know, so um, no, it's a, it's a good. It's a good one to be in at the moment, especially when it doesn't take away any fixtures. Later rounds, like it's not the next round, but the next one after that, it tends to, uh, you know, you have to uh, reschedule your league games once you get another couple of games into the trophy. So that's the only little uh, problem that you have. But uh, you only have a couple of them and then you're into the semis and the finals.
2: And funny gaffer, what are you expecting from Tunbridge as a, a team that we've never actually faced before as, as a club?
3: Yeah, no, that's right. Well, you know, we we, we don't we didn't know them at all or that well. Obviously, we, we knew that they had a they're in the Conference South, so they're no mugs. They can't be any mugs if they've got to this round and played a few games. I think a couple of seasons ago, they didn't they play Bradford in the FA Cup or something, and that was one of their their big games. I think the are in our game is the their second biggest game in their history <laughs> so I had to find out what their biggest one was um, and, they, and they've and they got players that uh, you know, can cause you a problem if uh, you're not playing yourself or you think this is going to be an easy game it's not no game's easy especially if you go below your standards and we've got to keep our standards up and keep our standards going and uh, and then you got no excuses then but uh what we mustn't do is, is is go to Tunbridge and feel that uh, you know, we're, we're too cool to be look, looking like we're trying. <laughs> do you know what I mean? we got to go there and, and
2: do a job. Brilliant. Gary, um, you, you brought in Jack Sparks, Joe Felix, uh, Danny Wright, Common, Connor, Lemon, Hay Evans, uh, made an appearance uh, last Saturday. Does it feel like there's a bit more depth in the squad at the moment? Yeah, definitely. There's, there's more depth in the squad. And when you've
3: got players like Danny Wright, Connor, um, on the banks of strikers, then you can bet your life that two strikers that are in the team at the moment will, will be needing to play well and wanting to play well. And that does give motivation to the strikers that are in there, knowing that they can't afford a, a poor game or a lazy game. And I thought our two strikers uh, against Stockport it was probably the best pair of them that played and they looked a, a strong force so please, really pleased with that and uh, yeah, our bench did look strong and we've still got a couple Joe Felix, Chiori, um, people that can, can add to that squad so some are going to be disappointed and have got to be you know, wait for their opportunity to get on the bench let alone get in the
2: team Tom's already touched on it but with, with FA Trophy away at Tom Bridge I think it's also the first time that the two sides have, have met one another as well. So yeah. a little bit of history there, maybe.
3: Yeah, I mean... that's
2: in being made.
3: Yeah, no, exactly. So, you know, they'll be able to say, you know, we played our second biggest game, as I've said, in, in history. Um, uh, the first one being Bradford, as I said, a couple of seasons ago. But, um, you know, they, they can make the day what they want from it. You know what I mean? It's A lot of their lads are experienced lads. Um, so a lot of them would have played in big games before at other clubs. Uh, you know, Some of them have had decent careers. It's going to be a, a good game for the Tunbridge supporters because they haven't got to worry about their position in the league, so the players can open up a little bit more, and so that's what we've got to be careful of as well. Um, and you know, I'm sure we'll get some supporters travelling, and we've got to make sure that we, uh, we don't let them down after travelling all that all that way again, and uh, and they've been you know, we say it every week that they've been fantastic, and uh, genuinely we really mean that, and
2: we thank them for their their support right through. the a quick word on momentum. You've mentioned momentum. Obviously, it's always great to have positive momentum. Always one game at a time. I know, but it'd be great to go into a really busy, festive schedule off the back of another win, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, you know, the
3: more you win, the more confident you get. Um, you know that you're going to be needing to use your squad from here on in for the next month. Um, you know, we've got games Saturday, or Sunday, Tuesday, Saturday after this one. So uh, you're going to need a full squad and a good squad. So you keep your fingers crossed that you, your players stay healthy because we're in a Dodgy situation at the moment uh, with, with all that, and, and and that could play a part in, in in a big way in our league. You know what I mean? You, you don't know what's going to happen and how many people might catch the uh, the virus and things. Um, so you know, you've just got to do your best, to try and keep out of trouble, and, and keep keep playing games, try and win them. And as you say, that momentum
2: goes a long way. Is, is it a, a real concern at the moment that? It might be heading one way with coronavirus and, and worries about games behind closed doors, that sort of thing again. Yeah, uh, everybody's got to be worried about that, and
3: uh, you know, people have got to take it very, very serious. Of course, the, the decision makers and um, the government and the football league and the national league, you know, they've all got to look at uh, what's going on um, and then you know, make, make their make their decisions. We all want football to carry on, of course but not at the expense of everybody's health, if you like. And uh, But I I think at the moment, Touchwood, our, our club in particular, has had a very strong uh, protocol that we've had to stringently stick to, as you can all see by yourselves, all, <laughs> all uh, masked up and uh, LFT'd up. So, um, and that seems to be Touchwood, and I'm going to Touchwood. Um, that seems to be um, a, a good policy from, from our club, but you can get it anywhere so we don't you know, blame anybody that's, that, that's got it, of course, because we all know somebody that has now. But, uh, anyway, that's, that's there, but we've got to concentrate on the game, and, and but at the same time, make sure we don't uh, think about what's out there at the moment. Good luck for Saturday. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you.
0: We talked a bit about loan signings last week. We spoke about Jack, but um, Joe Felix came in after we chatted. Tell us a bit about Joe and how that came about. Uh, well, it came about with uh, you know Pete, my brother,
3: as you know is our chief scout, and he's got lists of people that we've been keeping an eye on. Of course, we know lots about Fulham. We know lots about QPR um, because you know, we've, we've got lists of. Yeah. from young boys from 14 to, you know, 28, um, of people that, you know, we need to keep an eye on and as and when they become available and where they go and what they're doing. And, and then all of a sudden we, we, we saw that, uh, you know, Joe had gone from Fulham to Kupia, Um because he's only just a little bit smaller than me, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, it, it, that's not why I brought him in, by the way. Um, because of that, I think some managers... You know, if you're five foot five, you got to find another five foot six manager. Yeah. And uh, but the lads, you know, he's he's come in, he's done very well actually. It's unfortunate he's cup tired for um, this weekend, but um, you know I'll be looking forward to to seeing him in the, in the national league. And I know he's going to be a fan's favourite when he gets that chance.
0: And of course, with all these games coming up in quick succession, you need a, a squad that you can call on, don't you?
3: Exactly, and a squad that you can trust um, and the you need the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the massive thing. I mean, you've got some clubs like Stockport that we played. I said it, they've got like two, three first teams, you know, and they're, they're not young lads on their team list. They're all experienced professionals that the manager could pick any one, you know, any 11 from their yeah. 30 sort of thing and then they might have some. But, um, you know, that's where... They've got that, but they're going to disappoint quite a few when they pick teams, of course. So that yeah. that's the sort of negative of it. But uh, So I had to make sure that we had enough uh, players that I felt could affect a National League game. And I genuinely believe right this minute we, we've got that.
1: Have you had any hard and fast rules on the old COVID thing about... We're seeing games called off in the Premier League at the moment. Some games called off. Some being ordered to go ahead. Mm. Do you think, we're, in your mind, as a manager looking ahead, would you like to see, for instance, the National League or the Football League, or in our case the National League, introduce some sort of fairly hard and fast look? Yeah, uh, do you know what I mean? Does yeah, it, I, it, do. It, I do. I do. I think
3: it? they've. I think everybody's got a play under the same rules yeah. at the moment the National League has had different rules to the EFL you know um, at the moment it's sort of like down to the clubs to create a protocol so some are more efficient than others I, I, I just feel that it should go not just the Premier League or just the EFL but all the all the footballing authorities should be getting together because certainly Dan will ask us because we're you know they're the full time teams and we have to be at the training grounds every day, et cetera, et cetera. So they just need to get a set of rules out and make us all adhere to it. Um, And then they've got to have, you know, obviously somebody's got to go around checking that these protocols are are, are being uh, acted on. You know what I mean? So I think that's important as well.
0: So, welcome back. Um, good to hear Gary. Gary on good form again this morning. Players starting to come in. It's uh, it's always exciting on a Thursday out there, isn't it?
1: Well, it, it's it's one of the chances we get to sort of say hello to everybody and, and you know, steal brief chats with people on or off the record. Um, partly because uh, on match days at Playmore now, because the players for obvious reasons, aren't encouraged to go, in fact, mm-hmm. I think they're discouraged to go up into the bars around, play more after a game, Yeah, because they're supposed to be careful and mm-hmm. um, cetera, for obvious reasons, is that, you know, that, that kind of interaction with players immediately after a match doesn't happen quite so easily as it used to. Uh, l- long, you know, l- l- let's, fingers crossed, it does returns a bit more normal in future, but... Um, so, yeah, it is. It's really good to see everybody. It just, it's great, isn't it, just to have that personal contact, say hi. You know, we are all normal human it people and, and, you know, we're all here and more or less we're all pulling in the same direction or trying to anyway.
0: That you know. uh, post-match thing just reminded me of a time when uh, we were... <laughs> We were just leaving the the press box at Playmore and Gary Clayton came out of the dressing room with a towel around him and presumably nothing else, scrunching a cigarette <laughs> off uh, anybody nearby who had one. And uh, I think I did manage to um, manage to find one for him. But uh, there you go. Yes. Those those were the days of post match contact between press yeah. and players, weren't they?
1: It, it? It, it wasn't after one of the greatest <laughs> nights ever at Playmore when they beat Scarborough, was it? Oh, it, it might, was, might have probably been. well it might well have been, well have been. Yeah. might have been,
0: yeah. but yeah. But there uh, you go. So, Dave, I wasn't at the Stockport game on Saturday. Family event in the Cotswolds, which was fantastic. But uh, so was the game, apparently. Fill me in. How good was it?
1: Um, excellent. Yeah. um uh, Look, it's not perfect mm-hmm. yet. United are on a path, are on a road, and as a result of the last two matches, especially the second half at Weymouth, uh, they played okay in the first half at Weymouth and should have been in front. Yeah. Um, uh, without really providing an awful lot of quality in the proverbial final third. God, I hate, I hate that <laughs> phrase. Um, uh, but second half into the wind at Weymouth, they really played well there. And as we all, most people know now, we could have, United could have won yeah. four or five, yeah. hit the woodwork three times. Uh, their keeper, Weymouth keeper, great game, Fitzsimmons. Um, and then the question was, that was Weymouth, yeah. Now we're moving on to the to, to the serious stuff with all due respect to Weymouth. Um, and I think most of us, before Saturdays, if you put a gun to our head, probably would have gone, a point today yeah. Uh, yeah. and a good performance. That would have ticked quite a lot of boxes. Well, a good performance and all three against Stockport. Stockport didn't have Scott Quigley. He was ill, yeah. centre forward. Uh, John Rooney didn't play. Everyone else was out there. Yeah, you,
0: you, have to, you can't just call them Stockport. You have to call, call them big spending Stockport well, these days, you, because, don't you? Well, because, you know,
1: it's the, the money they've thrown at it yeah. and, and one or two others, and we we'll, 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 might come on to that in a minute. But um, And at times, they looked exactly like the type of team you'd expect for that sort of investment. Of course they did. And there were spells when United were hanging on for dear life. But they played well in the first half. Yeah. I, I think... You just about deserve to be in front at half-time, if not definitely. Um, uh, And second half, up against it, didn't get out of their own half for quite a long time. But what happened was, and the Playmore crowd is is like any other football crowd and probably more than some, when they see everybody getting stuck in, they will get behind the team big time. And very early in the match, young Dan Martin, who's... Come yeah. back from a slightly sticky start to his Plainmore career, sent off at Havant Waterlooville. I actually heard somebody saying he should never play for the club again. Pardon, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, 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 if I'm in, I'm um, call me a bit old school in a way, but I'm in the camp that if you're losing away to a, I know no, we're non-league, but. A, a, yeah, an even more yeah. non-league team to you I want to see somebody put their foot in I'm sorry but that's the way yeah, you know yeah. football is he he he. He duly
0: he duly put his foot in he
1: duly in. put <laughs> his foot in he's admitted that he got it wrong yeah Um. three match suspension big daff over the nose trying to make a, a career at a new club that mm-hmm. goes on hold for a while it, and he was actually out for the best part of a month because of there was a gap in fixtures yeah, yeah. and he's come back First few minutes of the game against Stockport, uh, a completely lost cause down the left hand side, mm-hmm. in front um, of the pop side, in front of the pop yeah. side, playing yeah. towards the command. Their keeper runs out of his goal to the to out wide. Yeah, he has a He's thinking about: Do I stick this into Marnham Road or shall I try and get it up the line? Dan Martin put the afterburners on, and he's quick anyway. Forced a throw in in that corner. I think it was a throw in or a yeah. I don't think it was a corner throw in. And a f a few a few seconds later, he's back on his own byline, blocking across from yeah. their right winger, um, Macaulay Southern Hales, who's a good play- who's a good player, by the way. And the pop side yeah. were, were, were on it from the, from then on. In other words They'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. He hadn't actually done anything very spectacular, no. but he had showed that he was seriously up for it and he was going to run all day if he had to. And, and that gener- helped to yeah. generate the atmosphere that we saw throughout the game on Saturday. Uh, um, United are still on a path, that, but we've finally seen in the last couple of games that level of, and without trying to get too personality about it, Gary Johnson football um, that that we all knew from last season. It's it's
0: that intensity, isn't it? That Gary likes. And and Dan Martin, to be fair, we liked the look of him in pre-season, didn't we? And then, as you say, the the season didn't start well for him, one way or another, or anyone really. (laughs) Um, But it's good to see him, you know, sort of of getting some performances in there now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he's a young lad. He's very wholehearted. As as uh, all of the players that Gary Johnson has signed in the summer have got some talent. Yeah, they walk. They can do stuff. We, we we saw Gabby Rogers put two goals in in pre season that would yeah. stop the show, but and he's at Truro now. He's Is gone he? out yeah. on loan to yeah. Truro and now. I hadn't but that. there's a big difference between yeah, and I don't need, need mean to talk particularly about Gabby Rogers, but it, between sticking a forty yard in against Chippenham Town or whoever it was in a pre season game and getting into the nitty gritty of yeah. national league football week in week out, and that process does not take.
0: A fortnight or three no. weeks or a month it takes a few months um, um of course, and gary gary hasn't signed these players just for one season has he He's signed these young players thinking i'm already building towards next season hasn't he and yeah you i mean know, I, he, I, he, he, he builds teams not just for short term he builds teams for long term because
1: that's it? a situation that talk here in yeah, Torquay cannot go out and sign checks like Wrexham and Notts County and Stockport County and, and Chesterfield have, have done this season. They they haven't got those resources. Mm-hmm. Even if you could, you know, offer the length of contract and the security of contract to those level of players to uproot where they live and come down here. Yeah, you get some, and with good scouting and good recruitment, you will do it. But on the whole. Over the years, you and I have been watching a long time and the vast majority of our listeners have been watching a long time. They know it takes at least two years to build a promotion team yeah. at Playmore. The last one did. The one that just missed out, sorry, last season. Yeah. And this one might, might do. Yeah. But what the last two games have done is suddenly go, oh, hang on, put another three or four more results on top of that and it might start look, looking yeah. a little bit more interesting. Not there yet, but no. you know, on the way.
0: And you look at the table and you crunch the numbers and we're still 16th, we're still where we were, but we've joined the group ahead rather than being in the group behind, haven't we? There's a little gap opened up and we're on the right side of that. Yeah,
1: I think so. And and I don't think the Tunbridge um, FA Trophy game, Tunbridge Angels has come at a bad time. No. no. Uh, uh, the, 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 the kind of like, the cliche is, oh, when you win a league game, you want another one straight away. No, hold on a minute, there's a very big... the Tunbridge game will give United should win that match they definitely do not want to lose for a second time to a National League South team this season having been beaten in the FA Cup by Haven and then it gives Johnson a chance to maybe give one or two other players who need time on the pitch I can see Asa Hall having another game I can see Danny Wright Mm
3: -hmm.
1: having another game I can see Conor Lemonhey Evans coming in all players who have been out yeah. for quite a while and need the time. Very interesting to see who plays in goal, by the way, whether Mark Halstead has a game yeah. um, over Sean McDonald, And then you can hopefully get through that match, hopefully get through to the next round. Another win, fingers crossed, and we're not counting any chickens because we all know better than that. Yeah. Then you've got a big, big Christmas of the two Yeovil games and Eastly away. Then you can get stuck into... If, we, if United could pick up, say, seven or eight points, six, seven points over, over Christmas and New Year, then you and mm, I, I would be looking at the bit, table yeah. and going, whoa, hold on a minute. It's only seven points adrift or of the playoffs. Yeah, Well catchable in the second half of the season.
0: Tunbridge on Saturday. Uh, it's not Tunbridge Wells, <laughs> it's Tunbridge... Which is four miles away. With an O rather than a U, rather than a U, but it's probably pronounced Tunbridge as well. No, they both are Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's confute. Kent is confusing, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Previous players, we talked about this the other week. Malcolm McDonald played for them back in the day. Uh, Ron Saunders, Roy Hodgson played for them. Uh, a long, long history, Tunbridge have had, but we've never played them before.
1: Never played them before. They've got uh, a squad. The manager, Steve McKim, has been there a long time. Used to work for Paul Doswell at Sutton when yeah. they had their, you know, some of their good times there. Um, uh, one or two, you know, pretty. You know, impressive citizens, Doug Loft, who United fans remember playing for Brighton and Port Vale Mm -hmm. midfield, Ricky Modest, who United have played many, many times in the National League and National League South.
0: Dove. How old must Ricky Modest be now? Well, he's, he's probably can, Modest about his age. Yeah. He's, um, he's,
1: yeah. uh, um can play right wing, up front yeah. or whatever. Um, so, yeah, there are a few plays there. And they, of course, you know, they'll be up for it big time. Yeah. And, and um, you know, if United... If anybody in the United team falls away, as Gary said in his press conference from, you know, the standards and the mm. levels that they
0: showed last week, then as we all know, you're in trouble you usually, get aren't punished, you? Don't so, you? We um, had a nice, nice little run in the competition last year as well, didn't we? I'd forgotten. You know, we didn't concede a goal till the quarterfinals. No. We beat Chesham one nil at this stage, thanks Josh Umara. We won four nil at Boreham Wood in the next round, two nil at Southport in the next round. And then lost to Woking in the quarterfinal. Yeah, uh,
1: Woking, again. Woking. Yeah, um, but no, and and that was up there, wasn't it? Mm. A rather off day, really, um, at, at Woking. And well, didn't, I think Gary was. Oh, didn't there wasn't there a disallowed goal there? And Gary was very upset about it. Was. it. There, yeah. was, there was a refereeing decision which not, Gary was not happy with. Little um,
0: did we know it wouldn't be the only one last well, season either. But, here we uh, go. There yeah. go. Yeah,
1: um, but um, yeah, so. If it, if it comes at a good time this game yeah. great i th- i think it might have yeah. um uh, uh, and then we can hopefully look forward to
0: a lively old christmas yeah. covid permitting yeah that's interesting as well talking to i mean we talked right at the beginning about the talkie bubble which is touch wood is working well it's keeping the players safe it's keeping their families safe it's keeping everybody safe but yeah, it's um, i mean this this thing is coming back isn't it unfortunately it is um, and
1: and it will affect not only the running of football, and it's part of the reason why I asked Gary at the end, look, what do you think yeah. should be doing? And he he very readily replied. He said, look, all these leagues have got to put their heads together and get formulate some sort of yeah. set of rules and guidelines so that everybody knows what the situation... At the moment, you're having games being called off or going ahead on a sort of willy-nilly basis. Um, and that's... Everybody's yeah. going, how does that work? How many players do you have to have testing? Obviously, some clubs, you have four or five or six players out and they can, they're struggling to put a team out. Yeah. Uh, other teams higher up the food chain, got staffs of 35, 40 players. And if they yeah. have half a dozen out, then they can probably still bit, go yeah. ahead. So I think the authorities, as Gary was saying, have, have, have got to sit down and have yeah. a little think about this.
0: And this was part of the problem last time, was there, there wasn't really much clear leadership um, from a football point of view No uh, From the football authorities The leagues need to get their ducks in a row well, early If, here, if we they.
1: all remember It was nearly two years ago now It is um, But in the curtail season The first match off in the National League Was Boreham Wood against Torquay United Who called a game off at um, Boreham Wood Unilaterally yeah. They didn't seek permission from um, the National League And actually a handful of games in the National League Went ahead after that match Yeah before everybody admitted, hold on a minute, this is unsustainable, and they and they curtailed the season. Yeah. But that was the first game, Boreham Wood against Torquay. Um, uh, Danny Hunter, the, the the Torquay chairman, and I think George Edwards, the United chairman, got together, and I think it was a combination of in-house concerns and the public. How can you expect the public to go along in these circumstances? Yeah. Um, and it just needs it needs a bit of guidance, doesn't it?
0: Now, here's a subject that it's strange to be coming at this after we've won a game and won a game well, but one of the things that grinds our gears as podcasters and certainly our listeners, because a couple of them have mentioned them, um, Hayden notably, um, as there's a, social media has its great advantages, but the Gary Johnson out brigade, as soon as talky wobble slightly, as soon as talk, you know, after the Dover game, after the Halifax game, there's just a cacophony of people. I mean, I, it really does my head in, as the modern expression is. What do we do about this, Dave? You know, the people. Don't who get just... me started, Guy. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> um,
1: let's go back 12 months, just a little bit more than 12 months, uh, less than 12 months. United flying at the top of the National League. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's going to be all over by February. They're going to be every record going. We were eight points clear, blah, 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 blah. Beat Yeovil 6-1 on Boxing Day. As we all know, Danny Wright drops out that day. Amani Little goes yeah. down. And over the next few weeks, United lost eight, nine, ten players at times yeah. injured. Gary was going to, trying to go out and getting young lads to help get through the period. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the young striker from Rob for, uh, from Crystal Palace Street, Rob yeah, Street yeah. from Crystal Palace, yeah. Max Sheaf from Hull. Mm-hmm. Some didn't work out. Um, got Scott Bowden in on loan, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah, United. I think they went into a run of two wins in either ten or eleven games. Yeah, it was a grim start to the year. Wasn't and it? exactly the same thing happened. Yeah. Cacophony of people. He's lost the plot. He's got to go. Mm-hmm. Well, what were those people saying at the end of the season when we all went off to to, to Ashton Gate for the playoff final? Yeah. Did any of them go onto social media and put their hand up and said, I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. You won't be hearing from me
0: again. Do you know <laughs> no, what I mean? No, they didn't. No. And, and
1: that's, that. I think, look, you and I are reporters, hopefully to our bootstraps and we will defend the right of people to say, -hmm. More or less (laughs) what they want to say in given circumstances. That's what freedom of speech, etc. etc. But I think your and my feeling, and we've often talked about it together over the years, is it's not necessarily what people say, although sometimes you can disagree with that as well, it's the tone in which they say it. Yeah. You know, social media has contributed to that. It it? encourages a tone of, of. Oh, get him out, or all that sort of stuff. It doesn't encourage a kind of a considered, mm. you know, a thing. You can, people can say, well, I think a series of Gary Johnson's uh, signings haven't been great yet this season, da 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 Okay, uh, you defend anybody's right to say that. But given his record at the club, yeah, and given the circumstances in which a manager of Torquay United has to manage, and Torquay, by most standards, is a well-funded club, And by the way, they don't have to sell anybody in the new year um, should the situation arise. Gary Johnson's under no pressure to sell to sell anyone. Um, Fingers crossed they don't don't have to. Um, You know, they're not a Wrexham. They're not a Stockport. They're not a Chesterfield. And they cannot go out and buy a team. No. In the circumstances that they found themselves at the end of last season. They've, they can sign some decent players, mm-hmm. of course they can. And I don't know if anybody remembers, but at the end, in the curtailed season, when everybody's worried about what on going to happen, is anybody going to have a job at the end of all this, blah, blah, blah. He persuaded 15 players yeah. between yeah. January, February, March that season, 2000, to re-sign for the club. They were all, job security was pretty good news yeah. at that time. He'd worked. He and Aaron Downs and the staff had worked on that squad for a year, mm-hmm. six, uh, probably getting yeah. on for a year, to get them up to the levels. We were only mid-table, I think, when the season finished. Yeah. Although, you know, Gary was convinced we were heading in the right direction, and he was probably right. But on the back of that, he was able to go out and get Gary Warren, Dean Moxie, and Danny Wright in the summer. Three experienced old heads that yeah. he almost certainly couldn't have persuaded to come down before then. By the way, none of them had to move. No, none of those three yeah. players had to move. Bingo, take off, yeah. and and we all know what happened. But so, any talking manager in the circumstances, you lose in the playoff final, which none of us will ever get over. <laughs> you, we look, we lose. Six, seven players. I know a couple of them were lone players, Adam Randall and, and Sam Sherry. But we lose a series of players. We have a three-week break before the following pre-season yeah. starts. Torquay couldn't have signed any players before June the 20th. A, because they didn't know what league they were going to be in. If you, if you win at Ashton Gate, there's £1.3 million pounds worth of revenue coming in that you, wouldn't, that you didn't yeah. have before. The players didn't. The prospective signings didn't know what league Talkie were going to be in, so they're going to hold fire, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et and and then you have a a weird pre season in which the national league starts a fortnight after the football league, yeah, which skews yeah. all the pre season friendlies you can have. So Talkie ended up with a pre season friendly programme in which Plymouth Argyle were the only team from a from a, 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 a similar or higher yeah. level to them, um, in which to. Sharpen themselves up, yeah.
0: and Argyle were one week away from their first league fixture, so they didn't have a. Well, exactly. they, they, they didn't play their full team for the full ninety minutes. No, so it was, no. It was a very So, although
1: game. this may all sound a bit like old hat, sort of you know excuses, if you want to call it that, those these those are the circumstances in which Gary Johnson and his staff were having to remodel the Torquay yeah. squad for this season. <clears throat> we all hoped that it would go a bit mm-hmm. better, a bit quicker. Yeah, but. Deep down when we stop to think about it, what's happened, some of them are poor performances. Nobody's Gary would be the first person. I mean, you know, he he's been steaming in, hasn't he? On some of them. He's fired enough warning shots across the bowels of a lot of these young players hinting that if they didn't come up to the levels quick enough, yeah, you know, that he would, you know, make tough decisions. And we're starting we may be starting to see one or two of them. Yeah. Um, but for people to go to jump on and say, He's got to go, especially after everything that's happened over the last three years, yeah. and particularly the last year or eighteen months. When I don't know many managers who could have rebuilt the Torquay team, which is almost what he did midway through last season, yeah, and get them after a rocky spell back up into the play, back up. It no, wasn't into the playoffs. It was only merely a question of whether we could win mm. the damn title of of Sutton United. Finished second. Uh, there's a lot of people around the National League that I speak to who still think Torquay were the best team in the National League last season, yeah. week in, week out. All right, United didn't go up. End of story. And, you know, Ashton Gate was Ashton Gate. Um, but, but then, as
0: you say, he had to rebuild it again in the summer.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. uh, and you, I, I've always believed that if a manager at Torquay United makes 10 signings in the summer, if six of them turn out to be ticks, two question marks and two crosses... He's doing pretty well. Yeah, you're not at this level going to hit the bonanza button mm. with every single signing. That's just the nature of the beast. It's the level that, that that we're at. The manager of Exeter City will be the same. The manager of Plymouth Argyle will be the same. You don't, you know, bring in an avalanche of promotion-winning players, snap your fingers, and away you go. It's just not the way yeah. it, it the way work, it works. That. And so, and the other thing is that Gary Johnson. Plays a particular brand of football. He he he's he has managed all sorts of brands of football. He's managed long ball football, short, short yeah. passing games, etc. Because you know he's he's a very experienced and qualified man. But he, he in lower division football, the reason why so many managers have the Matt Reeds and the Tim Sills and yeah. and the Danny Wrights is because they are easier to hit than. A Sergio Aguero on the ground, and we haven't got Sergio Aguero. So you you have a lot of managers say, right, I'm not even bothering about playing through midfield or getting it down and passing it. It's going straight up to a Danny Wright. Or a flying machine alongside him. Yeah. Long ball football, direct. We've all heard the phrases, haven't we, over the years? Because that's the least dangerous type of football to play to keep the ball out of your own net and hopefully make sure you stick it in the other one on a regular basis. Now, those type of players, the Danny Wrights and the Tim Sills and the Matt Reeds, are fewer and fewer and fewer between around. They aren't around these days, or fewer of them. And uh, interestingly... When Danny Wright, at the age of thirty-seven, came on the—I the, think he's thirty-seven. Biggest part of he's still thirty-six. Came on for the last fifteen minutes against Stockport last Saturday. Yeah. You know he's come back from a long time out, sort of September. He hadn't kicked the yeah, ball in game before. Yeah. Came straight on the pitch, won two or three big headers, helped to relieve pressure, etc. And you go, that's what he's there for. Yeah. And so, but Gary, realizing that you can't. You know, rely on having a Danny Wright or a Tim Sills or that type of player to play that sort of role. Tries to play a slightly different, high tempo, hard work running football, a bit like they had played in the conference with yeah. Sekou Jani and, 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 and Jamie Reed. I mean, back Reid to up your up old wasps, at the,
0: picnic, wasps yeah. at the picnic. Yeah,
1: he, he so he tries to do a mix of that, yeah, and it's it, but to get that right. You have to work and work and work and work, mentally as well as physically. Yeah. And what we were hoping is that in the last couple of games, Rex, um, Weymouth away, especially in the second half, when they ran Weymouth off their feet in mm-hmm. the second half, a little top of the list, by the way. And then again last Saturday, they worked and worked and worked and worked and started to produce the type of football which he's been waiting for them to produce yeah. for... Yeah. Since the start of the season. And personally speaking, uh, why anybody would object to him carrying, <laughs> carrying no on doing it, I don't know.
0: And also, he he's he's kind of building the succession, isn't he? He's, he's the Logan Roy, isn't he? He's building the succession because Aaron Downs is is a very capable number two. Asa Hall is in the squad. There are senior players in the squad. Dean Moxie may be looking to coach at some stage. But you can see that he's building the club. We touched on it before. He's not just scrambling to the end of this season he's building the club for seasons to come
1: I think that, that that he's hinted that some of the players he's brought in will have to shape up by the end of this season and maybe even before then yeah but uh, interesting the signing of Joe Felix I think is quite an interesting one um, you know that's not a loan signing he's 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 brought him into the club yeah. and one or two of the other ones I think he's he's going well we're going to have a hell of a go to see if we can. Gate crashed the party this season and I wouldn't put it past United yet but if a bit like two years ago you get to next summer right he signed up he signed up he signed up all these lads who we're starting to see producing and on a regular basis plus one or two older heads uh, uh, all of a sudden next season bang salary cap in the Stockports yes. and the Wrexhams, although they can keep the lads who they've signed this season, they can't spend next year like they've been spending no. over the last year, 18 months. The playing field, I'm not saying it will be completely level, because it never is, is it? But it will be more level than it's been yes. this season.
0: A couple of birthdays I wanted to talk about this week, Dave. Oh, a couple of birthdays. Some big, uh, Thanks to the X Goals Twitter feed, which keeps us supplied with information, by the way. Uh, if you're not following that, you should be. Birthday, Steve Cooper... 66 this week, Coops. We were talking about him tier, the other tier, day, a weren't a we? A tear in your eye, I can spot it, <laughs> uh, Guy. We, we haven't heard much from Steve lately, have we? Not, he's, um,
1: he's gone off the radar a, li- a little bit, which is yeah. very sad because, um,
0: uh, my goodness, what, what a centre-forward. We were talking centre-forward then, weren't we? He was the centre-forward with everything, really, wasn't he? Because you could use him as a target man, oh, but he was When you think...
1: When you think yeah. that he played up front with Les Lawrence, yeah. Steve Cooper was six foot and Les Lawrence was six foot three. yeah. Steve Cooper was the target <laughs> was, the, was the target man. I mean Les Lawrence could, could yeah. head it, Of course he could. Um, uh, but we're talking late 70s, aren't we, mm-hmm. mid to late uh, late '70s, uh, Mike Green brought Steve Cooper in. Uh, I remember a wonderful story. Frank O'Farrell went up to Stour, Stourbridge Bridge where he was playing. To see him in a game against Merthyr Tydfil Town in the old Southern League, Um, Frank went to sign two players. Yeah, Steve Cooper of Stourbridge and Gordon Davies of Merthyr. Oh, Gordon! Yeah, um, and took some money with him, I think, uh, or or the the. I think it was fairly well down the road. Yeah, he got to Merth to Stourbridge. Looked across the grandstand, instantly recognised a scout that he <laughs> knew very well from Fulham. Yeah. Went over, said hello. He said, oh, don't suppose it's down to do a genius to work out who you've come to watch. And it was Gordon Davies. Yeah. And, he's, and uh, the Fulham scout <laughs> opened a briefcase and said, And yeah, and this is what <laughs> I've got with me. And uh, <laughs> there was a bit of the folding stuff inside. Yeah. Uh, they Fulham signed Gordon Davies, yeah. and we all know he went on to hundreds oh, and hundreds of goals. Players, wasn't he it was a very yeah, great player, yeah. played for Wales, etc. Yeah. And after about 15 minutes of this game uh, on, a, on a Tuesday night at Stour Bridge, I must say, what am I talking about? Um, Steve Cooper, chasing a lost cause, which will come as no surprise <laughs> to uh, the United fans <laughs> who watched him, slid off the pitch and demolished a breeze block wall behind the, um, uh, yeah. at the goal. Ambulance men, doctors, running from first aid staff. That nothing moved. I think, you know. Well, he's either close to death or he is dead. Um, and Frank looked across and thought, "I've come all this way. I'm, I, I run into Fulham signing Gordon Davies, and now my prospective signing centre forward has killed himself, <laughs> <laughs> demolishing a breeze block wall." And he said, as everybody got to the breeze to the pile of rubble, (laughs) which hadn't moved, he said, all of a sudden it it moved. Uh, Steve Cooper shook shook off a couple of bits of breeze block and a load of other debris, stood up, shook his head, and looked at everybody to say, "What's the problem? What's the problem?" (laughs) Ran back onto the pitch, and carried on and carried on and carried. I think he had a little bit of treatment, by the way, probably his face wiped down or something like that. Frank, Frank Farrell looked down and said, that'll do for, me. Do for me. They don't and make
0: centre-forwards like they that They do not
1: make centre-forwards like that anymore. <laughs> and of course, over the next what four or five years, both under Mike Green and later under Bruce Riach, Steve Cooper terrorised. such um, a good player. Such so an exciting he, player, his, his, wasn't Look, he? his his touch wasn't great with his, his, mm. his, his foot, but he was suicidally brave. I mean, yeah. I, I can remember I was travelling with a team in, in those days... I remember a game at Darlington at the old Feetum's ground. He took a hell of a whack yeah. um, um, uh, from a boot on the head and he came off the pitch onto the coach. He had the biggest egg you've ever seen. Uh, some older United fans remember Paul Bastock, the old um, Boston United goalkeeper who's now at um, yeah. Kings Lynn. Do you remember him with that huge yes. egg on the yeah, top yeah, of yeah, his yeah. head at yeah. Playmore? I think yeah. he collided with the the post, didn't he? It just like suddenly that. came up, didn't it? Just, yeah. It was gross, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It was horrible um uh steve cooper had a similar one that uh, over his eye and onto the coach and we were going should we take him to hospital should we do this no i'll be all right because he's a black country lad he played on the tuesday night scored i forget who who it was against and he had never been allowed to play by now there there would have been some concussion protocol and i'm look we're probably very wise absolutely we're all pleased that these things have happened um Uh, And uh, John Rudge, who was United's coach at the time, to Mike Green, turned Steve Cooper and Les Lawrence. Les Lawrence had been released by Shrewsbury, wasn't Mm. going anywhere in particular. Steve Cooper from Stourbridge. Wow. Turned them into into the best pair of strikers in in the fourth division. I remember they did the double over Barnsley one year. uh, 3-1 at Playmore and 2-0 away from home at Oakwell. uh, Barnsley went up that year. And Mick McCarthy was the centre-half went on to manage, yeah. you know, more recently card it. Mick McCarthy used to like to think of himself as a pretty tough old, <laughs> no prisoner's centre-half. Yeah. He was worried those two nights, I can tell you. <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Stephen, eventually, obviously, he never left. Mm. Well, he, he ended up retiring and playing locally, yeah. even though a succession of clubs tried to get him. Um, never really wanted to leave. Um, and uh, played, ended up playing for Newton sixty six, Tinmouth. I think he played yeah. for one or two other local clubs, and then took a pub in Clist Saint Mary near Exeter. Yeah, did that for many years. We believe that he worked in went to live in Spain for a little while. We understand he's back living somewhere in the Exeter area. It would be absolutely great to see him again. Wouldn't it be? Quite a yeah. few of us over the years have tried yeah. quite hard to track him down, um, but um, there we are. No. Uh, uh, a proper proper centre forward
0: so if any of our podcast listeners know the whereabouts of Steve Cooper oh, we would love to chat me to and, and
1: not only me but John Turner one of his, his very best and oldest friends from that time who was in yeah. goal at the time He even he hasn't uh, seen Coops uh, as we all used yeah. to know
0: him uh, for quite a long time so uh, yeah fingers crossed on that score here's another one Chris Waddle and uh, we're not going to the fast show here but uh, Chris Waddle 61 this year.
1: Well, well, uh, I, Chris Waddle was one of those. When, when new supporters or even one or two new players arrive at the club and they see the pictures around yeah. the, the, the walls and uh, many of them say, well, did Tony Curry play for Torquay yeah. or did Tony Brown play for Torquay? Yeah. There's Neville, Neville Southall. Neville Southall. Yeah. Bruce Rioch. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's Chris Waddle up there. Yeah. There? And of course, <laughs> you're not Justin Fashionu. Yeah. You know, etc. etc. And, Chris Waddle was signed through his friendship uh, with Wes Saunders. Yeah, they'd grown up at Newcastle together and played in the Newcastle first team. Uh, Chris, I mean, obviously, nearly all of these players were in the twilight of their careers. I think we can safely say that Eddie Kelly, of course, let's not forget yeah. him. Yeah, um, and uh, of Arsenal fame. Um, FA Cup final goal scorer exactly, yeah. and and um, but Chris Waddle came sort of as a favour to Wes, yeah, uh, um, and it was a brief but it, uh, uh, um, a
0: short and sweet day. It stay. was fabulous, it though, was. wasn't it? Because you um, could see, I, I mean, I, this the impression I got. This may not be quite the case, but the impression I got was Chris Waddle was doing things out on the pitch, and the the rest of the team. Didn't quite twig what he was doing. And he would often, <laughs> or what he might do next. <laughs> he would be standing there in that classic Chris Waddle pose with his shoulders down a bit and his, you know, his palms raised. Why are you all not on the same wavelength as I am? And, and they just weren't. No, were they? they weren't.
1: And we, I mean, United weren't, didn't have a great side at the time, no. but he helped out for a little while. My abiding memory of Chris Waddle was, I mean, obviously he's for a player who had a wonderful career mm. uh, and we're talking absolute top class the the memory with, with which his career is always tainted oh. is Italia 1990. Yeah. Yeah. And United played Halifax away on a Saturday afternoon in February, I think it was, lost the game. Chris Waddle made his debut that afternoon. So <laughs> that isn't Marseille or the World Cup Finals, is it? It's Halifax away on a the Saturday Shea. afternoon yeah. in the Shea. He was obviously the big news story at the time. Yeah. Torquay playing... Chris Waddle signing for Torquay United. He was asked to go out and do an interview at the, end of the, at the end of the game, which we were all stood around watching. And just as the interview started, a little kid from Halifax w- walked up behind the camera and shouted, hey, Waddler, what about that penalty then? And he, Chris stopped, he paused and looked around at us and said, I'm never, ever, ever going to be allowed to forget it.
2: <laughs>
0: He won't a, a blameless career apart from that, from from one but, penalty
2: miss in the World
1: Cup semi final. And um, was it semi of Yeah, semi files It was. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And and you know, you'd, he would have thought that he'd be allowed to get along with a qui- an, a quiet interview after yeah. a game at Halifax without. But I was not with this little kid, and somebody turned around and chased this little kid off round the round Shay, shaking their <laughs> fist, shaking their fist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go.
0: Lovely bloke as well, very, very nice, nice guy to talk to guy, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolute pleasure to interview, you know, he's, when, when you work as reporters, some players are great, some players are, are, are less so, most players are kind of dead pan, Chris Waddle was lively, answered every question, lovely fella. Absolutely great. And one more birthday as well. Today, I believe, uh, Paul Buckle. Oh, He's 51 many today. Many happy Bucks returns. 51 today. Yeah, great. So uh, many happy returns to him. Brought us some very good times at Playmore, didn't he? He
1: did. Uh, um, uh, four exceptional years. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. After the takeover following Mike Bateson's um, departure, the new board with Paul Bristow put some proper money yeah. into the club and Paul Buckle and Colin Lee went out and they were able to go and buy a yeah. team effectively although, and they no, spent it pretty wisely oh, didn't they? Did they? Did some they good not? players and, came and in, yeah. four terrific years two trips to Wembley um, promotion back yeah. into the league a whole series of great cut runs absolute rip-roaring um, football yeah, as well yeah uh, no-nonsense it? football no. with a proper centre-forward in Tim Sills up front Um and the only big disappointments, really, I suppose, in that would have been Stevenage in in not yeah, beating Stevenage, yeah. where we all knew we should have done, and that would have gone into taking the club into League One. So that would have been National League to League One yeah. in the space of four years. Um, uh, losing to Ebsfleet in the Trophy final, that was yeah, a that bad, was, bad day. Yeah, we uh, losing to Exeter the previous week in the. Uh, that but also
3: still can't believe that happened, no,
1: exactly. But also, not beating Crawley uh, in the FA yeah. Cup for fourth round, yeah. just before they drew Man United yeah. in, the, in the next round. So, See, uh, as you said, many, that, many more happy memories yeah. than, those, than those odd disappointments.
0: Imagine the difference. I mean, it, it, you can trace all these things, but imagine the difference the Manchester United money would have made to Man United at that stage. My problem. But there you go. Um, it's if, a bit it's all life. ifs and buts,
1: I it? can understand in a way, although I think he may live to regret it. Matt Taylor, you know the FA. Um, I think probably unofficially that Matt Taylor revealed it, apologised to Exeter City yeah. for the referee yeah. disallowing, um, uh, for, for the referee allowing Cambridge's win um, in the FA Cup up at uh, the Abbey Stadium recently, even though the linesman had quite rightly flagged for offside. And, of course, Matt Taylor came out and announced this and said the FA have apologised. The whole point is, Cambridge have got Newcastle away in the next round. Yeah. And how much is that going to be worth to... Stakes are high, aren't they? It's it's, it's season-changing, isn't it? In, In fact, probably a bit more than that.
0: Dave, thanks for joining me today. Happy birthday to Chris and to Steve and to Paul. There's one more thing that we need to recommend to our listeners and it's not football related before we depart. I think I know what you're going to say. We're we're cycling fans, as the regular listeners will know. And you may not be cycling fans out there. To our
1: bootstraps, yeah.
0: Bear with us because there's something on YouTube that you need to see. This is the cyclocross season, and by the way, there's a big cyclocross meeting down at the Velo Park in Paynton on Sunday. Sunday yeah, um, which will be great, really
1: good fun if anybody wants yeah. to to pop down there.
0: There's a beer, uh, best there's part a... of
1: 300 riders of all ages down there. The Southwest Cyclocross League Round Five is Robin at, Delve riding. At, oh, you're national telling me champ? he is a national yeah. national trophy champion. Ex-world Masters Champion, he'll be yeah. there, loads of others, but also the kids' races are absolutely fantastic. Best part of 300 riders will be yeah. down there on Sunday. Sorry, carry on. There's
0: a beer tent as well, isn't there? Is there? Yeah, did you? I, that, that was on the poster. That oh, caught now, my eye first. Now you are getting serious. <laughs> yeah. But it's not quite Belgium, and if you want to see cyclocross in the raw, I'm going to put a link in this. Uh, podcast oh, blurb well that done. you just read yeah there was a race at a place called boom or it may be Boom, just south of antwerp the other yeah. week that kind of sums up why you and i love winter cyclocross and i'm not going to say anymore but please watch it you and, and these are it. some of the best <laughs> cyclists of any kind yeah on or off road in
1: the world And how they stay upright, we are dumbfounded.
0: You have to see it. And we may, as talk are away, if you're going to Tombridge, have a safe journey. If you're around in Torbay at the weekend, we might see you down at the Velo Park on Sunday, because that's going to be a good day out. It is. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure. We'll try and squeeze another podcast in before Christmas. Everything gets a bit chaotic from now on. But uh, as we always say at the very end of these podcasts, come come on, 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 you you yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talker United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.